What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me once again, uh, the uh, ever-present and excellent Mr. Akshaz Dovadula. Akshaz, man, how we doing? It's, it's it's Thursday night. We got, you know, a little less than, what, 48 hours to go uh, before this thing, <laughs> this uh, playoff game to open things up. How we doing? You know, we're okay. Um, not a fan of the fact that the weather is going to be atrocious, beyond atrocious. If there's one thing that equalizes games, it's things like a monsoon, as we saw week one. So that's right. gonna suck. But I mean, I don't know. I we talked a little bit about this last time when we were just jumping around the horn. But I will never be comfortable ever when the 49ers <laughs> play Seattle. So long as I'm alive, that will just never be a given to me. <laughs> and you know, yeah. We'll see. Heebie jeebies. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the 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 good news is I don't think the weather is going to be quite as bad as it was in Chicago. That was like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I think the steady, consistent rain. I think they're what are they saying? Um, somewhere around you know three quarters of an inch to an inch of rain, which is a pretty you know not an insignificant amount of rain uh, to have over a period of time. But uh, I don't know. Hopefully it'll uh, it won't be too bad. And I, I mean, you got to think that that probably reasonably favors what San Francisco wants to do. I would think, but we can we can get into that more later um, as we work through it. Obviously, um, uh, Seattle's coming to town for the second time this year. Uh, third uh, third time overall that these two teams will play. Um, <clears throat> this is the second year in a row that the Niners will have played a NFC West division foe in the playoffs um of course last year they they took on uh the rams in the nfc championship game at sofi um stadium uh and that didn't go particularly well but um yeah that that's that's neither here nor there i don't think that has any any uh balance or any effect on this game whatsoever um (laughs) but yeah so um it's 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 looking like pretty good news for uh the 49ers in, in a lot of ways um, mostly, uh, thinking about, uh, the 49ers from, uh, a injury point of view. So, uh, Kyle Shanahan did, uh, his, <clears throat> excuse me, he did his press conference, uh, this afternoon, uh, leading up to, uh, the, the practice and all that kind of stuff. And actually, as we talked about this, what on during the last podcast, but this team is as healthy as they have probably been all year long. The only players that are out for this particular game uh, without question are Ambry Thomas, who has been out for several weeks now um, with uh, some kind of injury. I'm not actually sure. don't recall what it, what it is. Um, and then Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously still out with his foot injury at this point. I, you got to wonder if the Niners are like, man, we should just put him on <laughs> on IR and be done with it. But uh, who's to say what, what what's going to happen in that particular situation? Um, so everybody else is good to go. 
Uh, Aaron Banks good to go. Drake Greenlaw's good to go. Kevin Givens on track to to be ready to play. So they're in that position. You know, for for several weeks they were like, oh, we don't even have to make decisions about who makes the game day roster because we have more more guys on uh, on the roster who are hurt and can't play than than we have. Uh, then we need to to worry about and now they're in that position again where they have to make decisions. So it's really interesting to see how that how that goes. But um, any of these players that are that you're just like, this is the guy that that they needed to get back most for this game and you're most excited to see. Um, For this game, I'm going to say Drake Greenlaw because he he puts it on another level against Seattle and I'm not entirely sure why, but very much appreciate it. I will say that um, I think overall, though, getting Aaron Banks back is huge. Not really talked about much, but simultaneously talked about a lot is he basically played a Pro Bowl year, but offensive linemen typically get in off name recognition rather than like quality play. Mm-hmm. But we've seen this story before where Injuries on the interior lets a team just decimate the United States. So <laughs> I I think it's Banks is my big thing. If the Niners make a deep run, him being back will be huge. But I think Greenlaw is going to have another huge play. He just Seattle is like the equivalent. He's it's Tevin, it's his Tevin Coleman <laughs> Panthers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I think you're right. Um, he was massive in the in the last game, uh, that Thursday night game uh, against Seattle a couple weeks ago, and so definitely good to have him back. Um, and I, I definitely agree with you. At getting Banks back in there, um, if only because it it frees Daniel Brunskill up again to be kind of that floating option, and again get him in there when they need to, and and it just puts everybody back in their right right place, which I think is really important. Um, from Seattle's perspective, they don't really have any major like injury injuries in terms of players that are like not on injured reserves, but they do have some notable players who've been on IR for a little bit now. Um, <clears throat> Jamal Adams has obviously been out for most of the season, so his that name's not new. Um, the the major new name that's on the uh, the injury list is a uh, linebacker Jordan Brooks, who I believe went down with an ACL injury later late in the in the game against the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which means he's done for the year, probably done for the uh, for next year as well. They that was already an area of struggle for them, that sort of middle of the field uh, area of um, you know really but anything, but specifically when you're thinking about covering linebackers and 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 receivers in that sort of middle middle area of the, the of the field. And so losing Jordan Brooks there is really going to hurt them, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, they're also missing our Mar- Marquise Goodwin, who was basically their, their kind of third option, which really puts them in an even worse place as far as uh, wide receivers are concerned. It basically means that they have DK Metcalf and they have Tyler Lockett. And yeah, <laughs> then a, not a whole lot else after that. So um, it, it sort of that wounded and, and, and even an already pretty thin um, wide receiver core. Um for uh, for Geno Smith, so some interesting notable names um, that I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll bring up. But uh, yeah, you look at their, their wide receiver group. It is um, Laquan Laquan Treadwell's a name that stands out to me. He was on the team. Um, he was uh, you know a guy. 
um, but not <laughs> nothing nothing of great note. Um, you know they have some decent tight ends. Uh, Noah Fant is a good a good player at the tight end position. Um, but gosh, yeah, that's a that is that is a thin pass catching group if I've ever seen it. Once you get past the first two uh, guys there. Yeah, um, just to reiterate, Jordan Brooks being out is a huge deal. I think Seattle's weakness on defense, of which they kind of like, they have like quite a few, but without, okay, well, I don't want to say they have quite a few because they're a pretty good defense, but I think the place you attack them is in that interior, their defensive tackles, and then their linebackers when Jordan Brooks is out. He really stabilizes them in that way. And now you have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, and Kyle Juszczyk ready to go. And regarding their receivers, it's gonna. I'm really interested to see how the Niners match up against Seattle's receivers because, you know, there's. It's a really interesting. It's kind of. It's interesting to me that the first team that they're facing in the playoffs is a team whose offensive like skill set and capabilities are entirely revolved around the one thing we are a little concerned about with the 49ers defense. And that's just this like ability to have receivers to just get up and get the ball over Diamador Lenore. So the Niners have played Seattle twice. Charvarius Ward has typically traveled with DK Metcalf when they play, leaving Lockett who alternates between the slot and outside against Lenore. And I think that's going to be the big one. It's funny you mentioned Laquan Treadwell, only because I remember when he was, gosh, I think he was mocked like as high as like yeah. four or five. Uh-huh. And I, I have very bad draft takes a lot of the time. He might be my worst. I was adamant <laughs> well, the 49 should have taken him. But – you know, it's they're one of those offenses that you really get them if you can get pressure. And that derails everything because they just don't have yep. good like escapes to that. So yep. it's gonna be if the 49ers win the game, it's gonna be because everything is working in concert, I think. They'll get mm-hmm. good pressure and the coverage team will hold up just enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's that's correct. And that's uh, you know, one of the benefits of this matchup is that we've seen it play out twice already. And it, you know, except for the sort of bizarre nature of, of the second matchup, which was the Thursday night game, and it was just kind of weird. Um, it, for the most part, those two games and well, really, I guess the first game was also weird because that was when Trey Lance got hurt and Garoppolo had come in and, and saved the day. But it, they've other than that, I think outside of the bizarre nature of the fact that they're the, the Seahawks are one of the are, yep the Seahawks are the only team that have seen all three uh, San Francisco 49er quarterbacks this year which is kind of a funny uh, <laughs> funny thing um, but they they outside of that I think it's pretty safe to say that the the scripts have been fairly fairly on on par in in both games and those things that you're talking about the pass rush getting home and that sort of thing which we'll, we'll get into I think in a little bit um, in more detail. That was that's been the the, the thing, um, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what what wrinkles that each coaching staff sort of comes up with, particularly what if what is uh, you know D'Amico Ryan's and what is Kyle Shanahan going to do this time now that they've 
had a full week because last time they played each other, they didn't have a full week to to prepare. And then obviously the first time that they played each other, it was a full week to prepare. But then the Niners had to throw their their game plan kind of out the window offensively and still actually were pretty effective. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very interested to see how this is going to go for sure. Um, so let's let's uh, let's get into it, unless you have any other sort of like opening regards or anything that we need to say generally about the game. I mean, I just think that Seattle, one thing that I think it's important to just like frame is that even though Seattle's in the playoffs, this is like in a way their Super Bowl. And I don't mean that in like the, you know, they'll be fine if they lose after this, but this is a game where like everything's on the line for them. And I truly expect them to play that way. And that will just create, that's an interesting wrinkle that I think the 49ers haven't really dealt with. It's just the pure desperation of a team. They'll basically throw everything they have to throw at the 49ers because without that, barring a monumental collapse, they won't win. So just the way Seattle will get the edge might be different than how the Niners are used to seeing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely see that coming into play. Um, All right. So let's go with um, our reasons for optimism and reasons for concern. Um, as we always do. Akshaz, I'll start with you with your reason for optimism for this game. So my reason for optimism is the Niners are just, without a shadow of a doubt, the more talented team. So I could be more specific about, like we talked about, the lack of Jordan Brooks, the 49ers, much more efficient run game, Brock Purdy's efficiency at quarterback, and the exceptional nature of the defense. But bar none, last last year, the 49ers lost to the Rams, and a lot of people considered this playing them the third time took away a lot of, like, intrigue or, like, ways in which you could really, like, attack a team now. You know, there's the same team. But the 49ers and the Rams were probably on the same level of talent, and the Niners were quite injured. The 49ers are, without a shadow of a doubt, more talented than Seattle at almost every like position on the field, maybe every position just on the field. And it's, this is not supposed to be a close game. It's not expected to be a close game. (laughs) Will it be a close one? Probably. But I think I'm optimistic (laughs) because Seattle like has not demonstrated that they can stop the 49ers. They haven't stopped them in the regular season they certainly didn't stop them as this like run was going to absurd levels at the type of efficiency the 49ers are operating with now offensively this is like this is if this wasn't a divisional game we would be talking about this as the warm-up to playing the cowboys or the vikings it would be a very like oh yeah it'll happen maybe something will go weird but They'll walk out of there. And I think divisional stuff aside, the craziness Seattle has aside, the weather aside, sometimes you just got to pick the better team. Yeah, I I think that's well said. Um, (laughs) uh, And the other thing to keep in mind is when they played last time, they were, again, they were playing on a short week because it was Thursday night football. um, And, you know, there was there was that speculation about whether Brock Purdy was even going to be ready to play, um, and then of course of course it came out 
later in the in the in the week uh, after the game that he had not actually thrown a football from like Sunday afternoon when they finished the Buccaneers game uh, to basically like hours before the game started in Seattle. And he threw the threw the ball a little bit um, in the ballroom of the hotel room they were staying in. And that was it. Like he didn't throw the ball for three straight days or something like that. Um, and there was like real concern that he wasn't going to be able to play. Well, he seems pretty healthy now. Um, and, you know, the weather obviously will impact that a little bit. But um, I think the Niners are in a good position to be able to take advantage of that, even if the weather is a little bit dicey. Um, is it, You know, as long as it's not like monsooning or it's not like whatever that Colts game was a couple of years ago on on Sunday night football where it was just like raining sideways and everything was just bonkers. And, um, and then that was, you know, Carson Wentz too, but, um, <laughs> you know, that I, that I think is the simplest way of putting it. I, 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 I dug into it. There's a couple of other things. I mean, but I, I'm generally with you on this, on the, on that sentiment where it's just like, if you look at what the Seahawks team, the Seahawks, what the Seahawks team does in terms of areas where they struggle, those, areas match up perfectly with areas that the 49ers are just exceptional at right so you look at something like um defending uh yards after the catch the seahawks are one of the worst teams in the nfl at defending yards after the catch well what do the niners do exceptionally well they run with the ball after the catch they um have athletes uh, all around the field mccaffrey kittle debo Ayuk, who are just exceptional runners of the football uh, runners with the football in their hands. And, um, I, you know, I'm just not sure that Seattle can cope with that. And the fact of the matter is if the ball is going to be, if it's going to be a little wet out there, that's going to be even harder for the, ta- for the, for the defenders to, to make tackles and that sort of thing. So you really got to chalk that one up to the, for the, for the Niners. We talked about the pass rush situation, um, last time out or the last two times, but really Seattle has just struggled with pass protection throughout the year. Um, if you look at football outsiders, their um, their adjusted sack rate um, and their just overall pass protection rankings, Seattle is, is 26th out of uh, 32 teams in terms of just their pass protection ranking, according to Football Outsiders numbers. Their adjusted sack rate is 8.6%, which is near the bottom of the league as well. Um, there's only Atlanta, Indianapolis, Tennessee, Denver, the Rams, and Chicago behind them, um, which as you may note, all those teams below them, not in the playoffs. So <laughs> Seattle um, is an interesting in an inter- in an interesting position in terms of the fact that they just don't seem to have a lot of areas where they where they excel. Um, and then it just so happens that the areas with, where they are extremely bad are, are also areas that just don't just they just put them in bad positions against this particular 49ers team and. That's that's got to make you feel pretty good. And it, it makes me feel pretty good about this game getting into it. Yeah, I. It's, you know, there it's such a weird game. I mean, there's there's no reason to I will get into reasons for concern. But if the 49ers play their game, they're going to win. This echoes a lot of our conversation about the Thursday night game as well, insofar as there's just not a lot of like there's so much you think can go right and we have like documented proof of the 49ers defense putting on pressure against Geno Smith and basically 
knocking down their offense, but like systematically destructuring it. We have the same evidence of the running game inefficiently for sure, but still pounding out yards. And we've seen the Niners take care of business at home. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a game they should win. But who knows? I, 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 I cannot, I can't, I've lost my objectivity in thinking about this game because I just, I, there's something about it that just feels wrong to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely with you. And I, and I think we'll, we'll get more into that in a second. Just as an, as an FYI, I was just looking at this number of while you were talking. Um, so there are two matchups over there, are two matchups this season. Um, the, and this comes from David Lombardi who works for the athletic. And I know that he has a, a love-hate relationship with some 49ers fans, but this information seems reasonable. Um, and I just remembered that I saw him uh, post this a couple of days ago, or yesterday, actually. Um, generated pressures by each team. The 49ers, in two games against the Seahawks, generated 45 pressures. The Seattle Seahawks, just 11. Um, so uh, that <laughs> if that doesn't tell you something about the way that this matchup has gone, and as you noted... Yeah, there might there might be some weaknesses on the in the secondary for this 49ers team, but if they are generating that kind of pressure, what's that we're talking like essentially in the pressure rates in the pressure numbers in the 20s per game, it I, I don't think that the, the secondary is not going to be a problem in that particular case. Absolutely. I think especially given like what the explicit strength of Seattle's passing game is both in like Geno Smith's arm talent and their like receiver strengths as well. It, it'll be, if, if the Niners play their game, and I've said this probably like five times already, they'll win. But that's like the status quo against almost every team in the NFL. That's how good they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally with it, there with you. So um, because you seem to want to already go there, I'm going to let you... Uh, Tell us what your area of concern is, because I think you've wanted to, to jump in, so I'm going to let you go. Well, so my area of concern, very broadly, is that the Niners don't play their game. But I think more specifically is the rain makes, causes the 49ers to lose their offensive efficiency. Now, do I think this is statistically likely? No, but... I think what we've seen from the 49ers in this recent win streak, more than anything else, is an absurd level of ball security. And that's basically been the pro proponent of their wins, is that no matter, like, situation, they've always had a chance to get back into it. And it's allowed them to consistently have offensive drives. And that's just the style of this team. You let them punch you enough times, eventually – you know, you're going to, it's not going to work out. But as I take a quick second to find the stats that I want. <laughs> this is, this is good, good podcasting folks. This is what you come here for. These on the fly uh, statistical updates. Um, of course. <laughs> it's from the um, heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At least, you know, that we're, we're finding actual information and not just making stuff up. So there's that. So Brock Purdy, four interceptions in his nine games or so. A couple of them have been kind of harmless. But the four interceptions, if I recall, 
no lost fumbles during the streak. That that'll play in nine games to basically have a turnover every other game. That's exactly what the 49ers need in order to win a football game. But what we saw, basically, the only analog I think that exists for this game is the Chicago game, both in terms of the like the disparity in talent as well as the unique circumstances of the game. It's a big game for a lot of players, and the weather is going to be terrible. And in the Chicago game, we saw the 49ers have a killer fumble from Debo Samuel on offense that basically stopped them from scoring a touchdown. And essentially, the weather was bad enough to mitigate enough offensive like movement until the very end, until like Chicago got through with a couple like wide open touchdowns. And by that point, it was a wash. So my concern, literally, <laughs> exactly. I my concern is that the 49ers, in a confluence of factors, the weather, Brock Purdy starting his first ever playoff game, weird, like basically maybe being flustered by Seattle's opportunistic play, which I do expect to be a large part of their game plan. Whatever reasons they may be. If the, if the 49ers find themselves losing in this game, I think the weather can do enough to derail the kind of script they need to win. Now, that's really unlikely. And even if they are down, they could pr- probably would still be likely to pull it out. And that makes sense. They're the better team. But there's enough like weirdness around this game to where I'm uncomfortable with it. I just think in terms of like, if they had to play on wildcard weekend, this is one of the closest like mixes of bad, like bad voodoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know about voodoo, but I don't know what that is, but um, <laughs> there, I, I'm, I'm definitely right there with you. And it actually is pretty much in line with, with my thought. It's not really, mine's not quite as like analytical as that <laughs> yours is, you know, the rain might equalize things a little bit. And da, da, da. Mine is just like they've had two injury. The injury situations aside, they've had two relatively normal games against the Seahawks, which is just it's, it's, that's rare, right? It's normally again to the C- Seahawks game. Something weird happens that makes it closer than it had any business being. I think you could kind of make an, an argument that Thursday night game was like that. But also you have to chalk that up to it was the Thursday night game and Thursday night games are always weird. Like something is always bound to happen in that particular situation. There's a lot of reasons for why that happened. You know, the the week two game, if you remove the fact that Trey Lance got hurt, that game was never a contest, right? It was it was they were in, in charge of that game pretty much the whole time. Um, but and so part of me, <laughs> this is why. My major area of concern is that it's, as you said, it's a playoff game. The Seahawks weren't even really, weren't ex- even expected to get here this year. This is, you know, if if they they lose, nobody's going to be like, oh well, this is a failure of a season for them. Everybody will be like, wow, you weren't even supposed to be there. Great job getting there, and you know, playing a game and that sort of thing. And so in that regard, I'm I'm just concerned about the fact that it's going to get weird. And if it gets like too weird and they start doing bizarro stuff like trying to fake punts or decide they're not going to actually punt the ball at all and they just go for it on fourth down every game, every time or whatever, um, 
that there's going to be something weird that's going to make this game closer than I want it to be. And and then and Seattle's still going to be there at the end and have a chance to to win it in a game that they don't that they maybe have not out even outplayed the Niners. It just they outweirded them and that and they weren't ready for it. And so that's what happens. So that's kind of where I'm at <laughs> this. No analytics involved in that in any way, shape or form. I, re- I recognize that. And I think that that's because if you look at the, the way these two teams have matched up against each other, as you've said several times already, there's no reason under normal circumstances that if each team just played their game up to their normal ability, that the Seattle should have any business playing even a remotely close game against this 49ers team. And so they're going to have to get weird and the Niners have to be prepared for them to get weird because that's what they do. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree. And I especially think the whole, like, how far Seattle will be willing to go, I think is going to be a really, really interesting kind of situation because it runs really counter to Pete Carroll's pretty conservative game plan approach. But you just, you get the sense, I guess this might be in part like media speculation as well, but you get the sense that Seattle's coming into this game with this expectation of nothing to lose and being more willing to be aggressive in these ways. And, you know, football is a game of skill determined by each player's like capabilities, but it's also sometimes a game of luck. Luck on which play gets called when, luck on how the ball flutters in the air. You know, you, you basically, what always happens, and this is very anecdotal. I will not. <laughs> I, I, That's where we're at at this point, yeah. <laughs> what, what my personal experience in watching Seattle play the 49ers is there's always a stretch of one quarter or so where San Francisco, when the 49ers have been good enough to keep it close, where San Francisco has like a chance to put the game away. It might be a couple strong offensive possessions. It might be the defense has finally like clicked and Seattle can't move anywhere, but there's always a small window of opportunity 
And more often than not, and this has been the hallmark of the 49ers games against Seattle, the opportunity is never fully seized and the game ends up closer than it might statistically look. Mm-hmm. There's my concern, I guess most uniquely, is that this same thing happens on Saturday. The only difference being when the if the 49ers don't like close the door whenever as a good team they get the chance to do so at a certain point you're basically you're leaving it up to luck mm-hmm. whether yeah. how seattle approaches the game and that's a fear that's founded more in how this t- how historically the 49ers have played than how this team itself has played they've been very very good at shutting the door in the second half of games yeah but you know, Seattle games are kind of traumatic. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to remember the like the difference of a game like this to a game like in 2013. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. It's going to be a yeah. weird one. Hopefully, that matters much less than how good both teams are. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, I, yeah, I think. It, the the beginning of each half I think is going to be super important. Um, you know the the Niners are going to have to come out and and make sure they you know they need to get dare I say two scores at least in the first quarter if they if the time if time allows. Um, even if it's just like if even if they're up ten nothing or something like that at the end of the first quarter I think at that point you're going to feel be feeling pretty good about things especially if they can build on that especially if they can do. What they've been doing really well is doing that, that what I think what Shanahan refers to as lapping your opponent, right? Where you get the ball at the end of, of uh, the second half and then the beginning of the first, or sorry, the end of the first half and the beginning of the second and, um, and score both times to build your lead. They did that really successfully against Arizona. They've done it several times throughout the season, especially when, once uh, with Purdy in, 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 at the quarterback position. They've done really well with that. Some of that is fortune, the fortune of the coin flip, and right, you have to be able to secure the ball in the second half by deferring uh, that that kickoff situation. But you know they've done a good job with that. So I think getting off to a good start, no matter if they have the ball first or don't have the ball first at either point in either half, is going to be really important. And then hopefully they can just sort of put it away really early and sort of because I think, like you said, if you if you let the game stay close, then Seattle can get like okay. Okay, we can see a, a way into this, but so let's try a few things and see if we can get away with some stuff and keep this game close. But if you get them, if you knock them out of it early, if you force them to become one-dimensional, if you make them have to, you know, not be able to try weird things because all it's going to do is balloon the lead if they, you know, run a fake punt inside their own their own 30-yard line and it, it fails and suddenly they're giving up more points and more points and more points. Um and at some point, the demoral, demoralizing feature of that is probably too much to, to overcome. And so I think that's going to be really important is making sure that you really hit them early, hit them often, and just, you know, get them out of there as quickly as you possibly can. Absolutely. I think this it's not only just like it'll demoralize them initially, it's a momentum thing. I know a lot of people don't like the use of momentum as a concept in sports, but... This 49ers team, top-down offense defense, is predicated on punching you in the mouth. The statistic, which is now completely finalized, 
that no team, the teams that played the 49ers were 0-15 after playing them. The Chiefs had a bye week after playing the Niners. <laughs> or I guess it's 0-16 now. Um, well, it's, no, it's 0-15, yeah, but the Cardinals the first... can't, yeah. Correct. The Cardinals will not have another game. Exactly. Yeah. That's so that that's a noisy stat, but it exemplifies just like the intensity the 49ers play. And everyone plays with intensity. I'm not saying the 49ers are unique in that regard, but this is a team that hits you hard, and that's their mentality top down. And games get different when it's 17, 16 the middle of the fourth, or it's like 21-3, middle of the fourth, it's raining cats and dogs, and Fred Warner is looking at you, licking his chops, about to like punch you in the gut. <laughs> right, because he knows exactly what you're about to do. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're not it's, running the football. That's mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> it's The playoffs are interesting because and this is a little bit of digression, just because I think a lot of people have this like mentality and like thinking about the playoffs as somehow a way that like teams completely, their character can completely change in a sense. But more often than not, with the exception of like some players who play better, just like dealing with like the bright lights and all that, a team isn't going to be fundamentally more resolved because it's the playoffs. You are who you are. It's just a different stage in which you're doing it. Yep. And I think that bodes well for the 49ers because they're a big time team who plays the type of game that can wear an opponent out. So I don't know this, this episode, for those of you who are listening, I think you've seen <laughs> me kind of jump just try to like justify in my head why I can be excited for Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Um, (laughs) Well said, sir. Um, So let's, uh, let's, let's do something a little bit different to kind of wrap things up. So this is the, the wild, super wild card weekend, um, which is just super dumb. Like it's, it's super because you added one more, two more games. Congratulations. Um, Great job. Uh, so what we are going, what I would like to do if you feel, if you're, if you're good with it, and I, I feel like you will be, um, is rather than just, uh, predict the 49ers Seahawks game, let's go through each game and just do a quick, like, you don't, we don't have to do scores or anything, just who do you think is going to win? Um, and you could, if you want to throw a score out there, you can, but just because I'm, t- I'm throwing this at you at the last minute. So in order to do this with leaving our the game that we care about most as the final thing that we say, we're going to go backwards. So we're going to start with Monday uh, with the Cowboys and the Bucks and work our way backwards. It's the 49ers Seahawks game is first. So, all right. So here we go. Akshaz, are you, are you prepared for this? Well, you're totally. not prepared. You're not prepared because I just threw this at you last week, <laughs> but right now, literally as we speak. Obviously. You know, I, I, I must have been telepathic. I... I was like, let me get all my predictions down. I know. Oh, there we go. You're you're ready to go. Okay. (laughs) So here we go. So Monday night, Monday night football, uh, just kind of dumb, like such a weird isolation of the one playoff game. Um, Monday night, uh, Dallas Cowboys, the five seed travel to Tampa Bay to take on the, uh, under 500 Buccaneers, (laughs) whatever. Um, and Tom Brady, what do you think? How's that? How's that one going to go? 
I'm going to take the Cowboys in a close one. I, I, I really do think the Cowboys are not a legitimate threat to win the Super Bowl, but Tampa Bay is not a very good football team. And I, I struggle to think the Cowboys won't be able to get at least one over someone in these playoffs. Yeah. Um, I, gosh, I, I'm kind of, I think I'm going to go the other way. Um, only because if you look at the last regular season game that the, the Cowboys played, it was against the commanders and the commanders are, are kind of a, you know, a lighter version of this Buccaneers team. If you think about it, like really strong defense an offense that struggles, but then we have the X factor of the Tom Brady of it all. And so I think, you know, a home game for the bucks. I still, I agree with you. It's going to be a close game. Um, you know, the Cowboys are coming off a stinker uh, in the last regular season game. And I'm not, I'm not sure that that is the kind of momentum that they, that they need. Um, and uh, I think the Bucks are going to maybe sneak out like last second field goal kind of thing. Like it's not going to be uh, interesting. <laughs> it, it'll probably be one of those low scoring like seven that 17, 16 game that you were talking about. And where everybody's like, oh, this is the Monday night game we got. Cool. Thanks for thanks for that. So that's where I'm going. Okay, um, Sunday night football, um, Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe this is also the four or five matchup. If, no, this is the what six three matchup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the the Ravens are the six seed and the Bengals are the three seed. This is another divisional matchup against two teams that know each other very well. Um, and Cincinnati is also two and zero this season against the Ravens. So interestingly enough, very a lot. Of similarities between this game and the Niners game. Also, real question about who's going to play quarterback for the Ravens. So that's not so good. Uh, which way are you going with this one? Yeah, it's the quarterback question for me. I think the Bengals take it quite easily, only because without Lamar Jackson, I just don't see how the Ravens can keep up with Cincinnati. And it's a shame, too, because if Jackson was healthy and playing, this might be, I think, the best game of the slate. But as it stands... I got to go Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I agree with you. And, and, and frankly, at this point, even if Lamar Jackson gives it a go, like how he hasn't played in, has it been two months? It feels like it's been forever. Um, it's been a while. And so how effective is he going to be just going, like going out there cold on, you know, a playoff game and a very literally, it might be cold um, in Cincinnati in, in January. So not an ideal situation. So even if he plays, it's, it, I can't imagine it would go well. So I'm going uh, Bengals, and I, I don't think it's going to be close either. So, all right. Um, Sunday afternoon is the <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings, the number three seed, hosting the uh, New York football giants coming to uh, Minnesota to take on the NFC North champs. So what do we think about this? This is a, this is a fun one. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> In case you haven't picked it up, I actually I did not think about these predictions at all, but I've been ruminating in my head. I I I'm gonna so I'm gonna say the Vikings and Robert, you can do your prediction. I wanna check something because I have a suspicion about some stat that's going to be hilarious to me if it's true. So I just wanna okay. figure it out. Um so you're going Vikings. I 
Gosh, I also think the Vikings, but only by like the slimmest of slimmest margins. I think this is going to be another really close game against two teams who I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not sure what either of these teams is particularly good at. Um, but the Vikings, that's their MO, right? They're, there's two, excuse me, there's two options here, right? They're either going to get blown out by the Giants or they're going to win a close game as time expires because that's how this that's how this Vikings team is operated. Um, I think I mentioned last time out, um, or a couple, maybe a couple episodes ago, if you flipped all the one score games, they would be they would have won one game all year and been the worst team in the NFL. So, um, yeah, that feels right to me that the Vikings are going to kind of slink out of this one um, uh, <laughs> over the over the Giants, but it could go either way, and I wouldn't be that surprised. All right, so my stat, which is unfortunately not true, but the oh, three worst teams in terms of in the playoffs in terms of point differential are the Buccaneers at minus 45, which is fine. They're below 500. Them being in is already kind of like weird. Right. Now, next at minus six, the Giants. And right above them at minus three, the Vikings. And I don't know, I was, I was going to have the time of my life if the Giants <laughs> had a better point differential than the Vikings. Uh, but, I mean, it's really close. Yeah. <laughs> they also have a tie in there. In there, so that kind of negates some of that a little bit because that's a zero in the point differential um, <laughs> factor. So that's you gotta think about that a little bit too. The Vikings are they, talented but weird. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say if they won that game against the Commanders, they probably would have been literally at a zero um, point differential because they probably would have won the game by three. So <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah, I, I so part of me wants the Vikings to win only because I think the Vikings are going to be easy for the 49ers. So if I have to chart the most optimal path for the 49ers, the Vikings win. So I'm going to wish cast a little bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, all right, Sunday, the early game, the Miami Dolphins traveling to the frigid, um, chilly Buffalo um, to take on the Bills. Any thoughts about this one? This is gonna be an interesting one. I again, so with that, obviously, two Tonga Vailoa's concussions are a huge deal, and it's I I think it's good that obviously concussion protocols keep him out. But even if he wasn't ruled out, I think it would have been smart for him to not play. But if he doesn't play and he's not going to play. The Dolphins are going to get absolutely decimated, and I don't think it's going to be close. This is going to be the biggest blowout to me. Hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, Skyler Thompson, God bless you, but um, it's not going to be your favorite day ever. Let's, let's just say that. Um, and, and you got to you know factor in a, the motivation that the Bills have on top of everything else with with all the things that have been going on, you know, outside of football with their team, with, with DeMar Hamlin and, and that sort of thing, that's got to provide a, a little bit of an extra spark for them uh, to, to get out there and, and, you know, play for their teammate and, and that sort of thing. So, I, I mean, I think even removed from that, this, this is not a, even remotely close to being a, 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 a decent matchup. Uh, the Dolphins kind of backed their way into the, into the playoffs and the bills have been on the trajectory pretty much all season long. And, 
probably could have had a chance at the one seed um, if circumstances were different. So, yeah, I don't see this being, being particularly close. All right, Saturday night, uh, Chargers and, and the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. First, the uh, worst of first team this, this season. Um, the Chargers are the five seed. The Jags are the four. So this is the sort of the AFC version of the Cowboys-Buccaneers game. What do you think about this one, Anchez? This is probably going to be, rooting interests aside, my favorite game of the of the wild card round. I just think the Chargers have really like turned it on a little bit in the late stretch. Brandon Staley has been doing a great job calling his defenses. There are a couple of really good articles on the Athletic, I think by Ted Nguyen, about how he's weaponized his defense and has really like started to game plan explicitly well. And then the Jaguars are just fun. You know, Trevor Lawrence has basically taken that step into star, and it could be his big showing out moment. But I think the Chargers are more talented, and I think they're more talented enough at enough key positions to where even with the fact that their offensive scheme doesn't allow Justin Herbert to throw the ball down the field, despite him having, at worst, like the third best arm in the NFL, and even though sometimes Brandon Staley makes weird game management decisions, all those things aside, I think the Chargers win it. But this is going to be a fun one. I think this is a good sign of where the AFC will be the foreseeable future. We got Chargers, Jaguars, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. I think mm-hmm. those five teams are going to be around for a long, long time. I think that's well said. Um, I think I agree with you. I think this will be a, a fun, probably pretty close game. I think there's a chance the Chargers could kind of pull away at the end. Um, I think Jacksonville is it, it's it's a, it's not the same as as like Seattle and Miami, who should just be like, oh, you know, hey, we're just happy to be here. Um, you know, they they went on a tear at the end of the season and, and earned their way into this thing. But I think there's also a sense of like it's probably a year early for them, right? Um, that nobody really anticipated that they were going to be in the playoff push this year, which is fine. Like, that's great. You know, they get an opportunity to, to go play, get some playoff experience. Even if they don't win, they still got into the, into the playoffs and that's, that's good. But I, I think the chargers are probably the better football team at this particular point. So I'm right there with you. I think it'll be one of those games where it'll be really neck and neck for a while. And then probably the Chargers pull away late in the game. Uh, which is something weird to say about the Chargers who struggle in that particular section of the game traditionally. Um, but uh, they will uh, get a chance to to move on to the next round. All right. So um, and then we come to the one that we care about the most and the one that the NFL care clearly cares about the least because they put it as the first game. Um, it's it, the weirdest part about it is that it's a West Coast game. And so it means it's in the middle of the afternoon in in Santa Clara. It's not so bad here on the East Coast, 4.30. You know, that's annoying, but not horrible. But the 1.30 thing at <laughs> in the West Coast has got to be the worst time. Like, pretty much, I just can't imagine that. Um, so that, that tells you everything that you need to know about what the NFL thinks this game is going to be. Um, probably made even worse by the whole raining situation, which obviously they didn't plan, but uh, that can't help the situation. So uh, the Niners uh, hosting the Seahawks, as we know. Um, it's a, it's a double digit spread, um, as last, and that might've gone down a little bit, but it's been hovering in that nine and a half, 10 range for pretty much the whole time. Um, 
Again, this is the third time that they played each other. All right, Agshaz, what do we think is going to happen here um, on uh, Saturday afternoon? All right, so I'm going to preface this by saying I'm enough of a superstitious fan to where I will not possibly pick against the 49ers regardless of the game they play in the playoffs. So with that out of the way, I think, you know, we talked a lot about like the weirdness of this game, but also just how much better the 49ers are. So I'm going to go 49ers win, obviously. I'm going to say 20 to seven. Mm. I think it's going to be one of those games where the Niners have like a tenuous but constant lead to the point where Seattle feel is in the game, but it never feels like Seattle is in the game. And yeah. I think they'll pull away and move on to the divisional round. Yeah. 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 Um, obviously I'm, I'm also going to pick the Niners to win for not just Homer reasons. There have been in the history of this podcast situations where the Niners have been picked against it has only happened a few times, but it has happened. Um, <laughs> not not frequently, but it, but it does happen on occasion. Um, and we try to you know be reasonable in those situations. But in this case, gosh, barring some sort of internal implosion by the by the 49ers, I just don't see a way that this that this happens. So I'm gonna go a little bit higher scoring than you. Uh, this you know rain aside, this team is averaging like over 33 points a game. Um, I believe with Brock Purdy at the helm, uh, I, I don't, and that includes a game where they went, they scored only 13 points against the the saints and, and that sort of thing. So, um, gosh, so I'm going to go 28 to 10, a little bit higher scoring on both, on both accounts. But, um, I, I think it's just, I, I think this is going to be an opportunity for the Niners. They get some early points in there and, and I, I, maybe Seattle doesn't even score till late in the game. Um, but, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. So. I'm excited. I think it's going to be hopefully a game that we can enjoy without too much stress. That's that's what I'm hoping for above all things. Obviously that they win, but that they do so without stressing me out. That would be great. <laughs> so, Aksha, has any final uh, thoughts before we wrap things up? I'm going to say the same thing I've been saying throughout the season because, you know, playoff times is stressful, but just enjoy the ride because we're now we're entering the part where if the Niners do what they set out to do and win the whole thing, this will be this will be a season for the history books. So don't get so caught up in the stress of it all and the concern about the win and the loss. Just enjoy what's going to be happening. Well said. Well said. Um, so on that note, we will once again, as always, thank you for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the fan-sided podcast network. Please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. (laughs) 